0: One of them was found not guilty of killing her daughter, the other one was found guilty of killing her boyfriend. They're both psycho, but which one is worse? Join us as we delve into the cases of Casey Anthony and Jodie Arias. Welcome to Battle of the Psycho Bitches. And Welcome to enter the dark, I am yam with me as always. is les Leslie, How are you? Yeah, I'm all right you're all right, just just all right, just all right, just all right, yeah, you're looking forward to this one oh, oh, big yeah. double-header.
1: Big double-header. Yes, well, a big double header a big double
0: header yes, well bit of head well you know you make out like a circus seal. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> well, everybody, welcome. Yes, this is a very, very, very special two-parter that we've been telling everyone about for a while now. Uh, yes, Battle of the Psycho Bitches. We've got Casey Anthony in one corner, and in the other corner we have got Jody Arias. So, Les, who do you think's more psycho?
1: Well, I know the Casey Anthony one, but the Jody Arias I've got a bit...
0: Yeah, don't worry. We'll get into this for you. You know, it's
1: it's one of them. It's like we all know now that like I don't do my research or homework.
0: Speaking of research, I'd like to give a big, big thank you to Hannah who has been researching these for us and helping me out no end with all the research, finding all the phone calls, all the audio tapes, watching countless hours of court documentaries with me. Hannah, you are a fucking star. Thank you so much. And also, we're still not paying you. Um, but, before we get going, let's just jump straight into the Patreon shout-outs there. We've got our unpaid intern, Hannah Blue Harrington, our classy lady, Amanda Champagne, our Swiss God Swiss Phil, sugar Mummer Astoria Crowley, adoptive family, Emma... Emma? Yeah, Emma. Amy, Emma and Jack Coleman. We have Sassy Sasha Johnson, Larry Lisa Dempsey, Marie T. Jensen, Casey the Cannibal, Misty Day, and a brand new one, Becky Louise. Thank you all for pledging for us. You are fucking amazing. And welcome to the uh, Sick Fuck family, Becky. Yeah, welcome.
1: you you remembering the lines and everything? Yeah, yeah, I'm getting into this. I'm getting into it. I'm
0: invested. Invested, man. Right then. As I throw away my notebook, let's get into this one. Casey Anthony. Now, everyone knows about her. We've got to be very careful here for two reasons. One, she was found not guilty. Allegedly, is a lot of allegedly. A lot of allegedly's coming in here. And also, weirdly, I had a message on Instagram from a Casey Anthony Stan, who told me, I understand you're doing a video on it. Don't say anything bad, or I'll come and find you. Obviously, I was scared, so I asked him how many sugars he has in his brew, and what's his favourite type of cake. He could not say red velvet, he's a dick. He didn't say anything after that. I just... I can't believe there's Casey Anthony stands out there. Yeah. So then, yes, Casey Anthony, let's get into it because this is a good one. A lot of the is going into this because she. Someone said she was innocent. No, she was found not guilty. There's a big fucking difference. Yeah, there is. And also, we're going to see who had the. Whose father had it worse, Herb Mullins or Casey Anthony's? Because. Poor old George. Anyway, let's get into it. So, Casey Anthony, she was born on the 19th of March, 1986, in Orlando, Florida, to George and Cindy Anthony. Also, I found out um, Florida, apparently, it's a shithole. Yeah, I've heard this. Yeah, I thought Florida was really nice, but apparently, it's like a zoo where white people do stupid shit. I was like, really? But like, hull. Yeah. But I've, like,. With
1: alligators.
0: I was asking Hannah, I was asking Brittany, all my American friends, and they were like, Yeah, Florida, fuck, fuck, Florida. So they were on about Willie Pickton, and someone's mum went, that's some serious Florida shit right there.
1: thought he was in Cal...
0: He was, but they were reading about Willie Pickton, and they were like, that's some serious Florida shit. Because that's what they expect in Florida. And I thought Florida was just like... Golf. old, Old people golfing... Alligators. Alligators and parks. But no, apparently, Florida... Fucking crazy shithole. Anyway, as a child, Casey was pretty normal. She was good in school, very close to her family, and she apparently liked photography in gym class. All right, but she was described as a friendly, outgoing, determined child. Nobody had anything bad to say about young Casey. With her mum saying she had lots of little boyfriends and she was very popular. Aww. Oh, I hate that when parents oh, is that your boyfriend? Is that your girlfriend? And it's like. Stop sexualising your children. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Leave I, I, Like, Rube um, came home. Well, last time he was round and said, "I've got a girlfriend, Daddy," and I'm just like, "You've not though, have you?
0: No,
1: you've got a friend who is a girl."
0: But as Casey became a teenager and went to high school, she began to lie more and more, culminating in her first huge lie. It was weeks before her senior graduation and she was buying her gown and inviting family to the ceremony. The day before, Casey's mum received a phone call, telling her Casey wasn't able to participate in the ceremony as she didn't have enough credits to graduate. Casey had known this well in advance, but kept it quiet from her parents, taking the lie all the way to its limit. However, Cindy decided to go along with Casey in the lie, telling her to go along with her story, have the party, take the gifts, but not to tell anyone that anything was wrong. This included the family as well, as when Casey's grandparents asked why she wasn't in the ceremony, Cindy said, oh, the school messed up with some admin, so she graduated, but it was too late to amend the ceremony. And this was the start of a pattern of lying by Casey, but also a pattern of enabling by Cindy. Casey would take a lie to a very limit, and when she was confronted with the truth, she would take the lie to the next level, rather than admitting the truth. And she would always think she was smarter than everyone else, and would get away with it. So, in other words, she was a narcissistic idiot.
1: I was going to say... And
0: her mother was an enabler. And they're
1: the two worst things when you've got a narcissist and an enabler.
0: Yeah. But the next huge lie came when she was 19. Cindy noticed Casey had put on some weight. Her parents confronted Casey, and she denied that she was pregnant, as it was impossible because she was a virgin. Holy fuck. The holy... the virgin, Casey. The The holy virgin, Casey Anthony. Some biblical shit there. uh, To be honest, I think Casey's lying. Yeah. She wouldn't admit the truth until she was seven months pregnant. Oh, for fuck's sake. (laughs) Now... I know she lied about a lot of stuff in this, and we'll get into the stupid lies she told Les. But, are you pregnant? No, I'm not pregnant. What's all this weight you're putting on, then? Oh, well, I'm putting weight on. I'm a virgin. I can't be pregnant. I'm, this is immaculate conception. Really? Do you think you were getting away with that, Casey? Really? But that's this is the thing with Casey Anthony. She thinks that her lies are perfect, and she'll just keep lying and lying and lying, like, oh, no, I'm a virgin, but you were clearly pregnant. But I'm a virgin. Yeah, but you're pregnant. This isn't a miracle. Actually, yeah, I'm pregnant. Yeah, we've known for a while, Casey. Anyway, she attended a family gathering with her parents around this time, and as the family members coming up congratulating her on a pregnancy, Casey and Cindy both denied it, saying it was just water weight. Water weight. There's a fucking lot of water, Casey. She could have gone with anything there. It's like, oh, I've
1: been making a lot of pot roasts and or I'm Twinkies bloated. and bloated. Yeah, yeah, it, no,
0: it was water weight. It's a fucking cyst. So, right, we know it's not immaculate conception now, so God isn't the father. So you're asking who is the father, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we don't know. into to this day, we still don't know. But there are a couple of contenders to the title, okay? Casey first told her parents the father was a man named Eric Baker. A one-night stand from months before. But Casey would call Cindy up in tears a few weeks later, saying Eric had died in a car crash.
1: Wow. Yeah, we don't know if Eric Baker was a real That's person. a lie, isn't it? That's a lie. We don't Allegedly, know. it's a lie.
0: Well, apparently, there was an Eric Baker who did die in a car crash. Oh, yeah, so, it's plausible. She, or she's just read it in a paper and gone, yeah, um... Eric Baker, he's the father of my baby. Uh, oh, but he's died. Oh, ma, Oh, Mom. Eric Baker, the father of my baby, he's died. <laughs>
1: He'll never know. The last thing that went through his mind was the fucking gear stick.
0: Yeah. But another suspect was Jesus Ortiz.
1: That's... Come on. No. No, 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 no. With the fucking... Immaculate,
0: what? Seriously. Jesus Ortiz... He also died in a car crash. Wow. Apparently, Florida, people just drive drunk all the time and take drugs. And there's a lot of car crashes. These two people weren't DNA tested to see if they were the father of the baby. But some people were. A few ex-boyfriends were tested, but they came back as not the father. So did her brother Lee and her father George. But we'll get into that shitstorm in a bit. Your face is a picture. So... Who are these parents who enable Casey, I hear you cry? Well, Cindy was a nurse and George was an ex-cop who at the time was working as a security guard at a movie theatre. Now, George seems like a really fucking decent guy. He's kind of an NPC, right? He was described by his first wife as a nothing outside of his uniform. Oh, yeah. And he was fired by his own father from the family business. What for? I don't know. The... You just have no
1: charisma and you need yeah. to leave. But <laughs> George, I love
0: you. You're my son, but... You've got nothing. You've got nothing, mate. Get you, out. You've got nothing. There's nothing to you. But George, he was well-respected as a police officer, but this wasn't his dream job. His dream job, and I'm not fucking making this shit up, his dream job was to be a character at Disney World. <laughs> yeah. He Which wanted, one? He, Which one? I don't know. He just wanted to be Donald Duck or some shit. He's gone. <laughs> he's gone through life as a police officer, right? And all he wanted to be was Goofy, <laughs> literally like an NPC.
1: Though, like you just fucking encounter those fuckers. He just wants to be. In a a Disney character at Disney World. Why? Why are you fucking bulking up? I just like um, I've been Goofy for a while. I just want to be like fucking Gaston now because no one's big like Gaston. (laughs) 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 Oh,
0: but but, uh, honestly, that's fucking beautiful. I mean, the man had a dream. He He had a dream. I mean, it wasn't Martin Luther King size
1: dream, but he had a dream. He had a he had a dream there. Like, oh, bless him. I just want to be That's, a
0: fucking Disney character. Honestly, honestly, George, I, I just, I just want to hang out with George because he does out of all of this, he's the quite possibly the only person who comes out of this with any sort of empathy for him. What would your dream job be? This for a living? <laughs> no, what I'd want to be. What? A gaping vagina on a
1: church? No, but it involves churches. Fucking deliverance minister. What telling
0: people they got pretty mouths and N- telling them to squeal like a pig? I mean, where are you going, city boy? No, they're like fucking exorcists for the Church of England. Oh, you say an exorcist.
1: Well, yeah, that. But church—it's different from like Catholic ones. But man, they, it sounds like such a fucking interesting job. So
0: you, Church of England exorcist, you. What do you do? You go around and give the demon fucking cake and do a jumble sale for him. Yeah, What happened to the Church of England, right? Because Henry VIII set it up, right, so he could get a divorce, fucking burnt all the monasteries, killed all these monks, and it was fucking fire and brimstone religion. And now it's all, hello, how are you? Would you like a jumper sale? You know,
1: ironically, um, like, uh, you know how, like, it all come off, like, because Henry VIII wanted a fucking divorce. Yeah. Weirdly, the Church of England's stance um, in regards to divorce has become, like, dead, like, fucking hard line. Like, they don't like divorces, like, anymore. Like, they, like for example, like, it's dead hard to remarry in a church if you get, like, divorced, like, and you're uh, part of the Church of England. So that's a fucking massive irony. Anyway, digression. Anyway, digression there, yeah.
0: sorry. So then, um, yeah...
1: sorry that was just just got us onto
0: dream jobs like bless it bless him bless his cotton socks anyway so george he was essentially controlled by cindy and casey right he'd like lived in this house with all this drama and he would go along with it and the lies just so he could have a quiet life but he was like cindy fucking hempecked him then he's got his daughter who if you said no to her she'd blow up and give a drama and all this shit. And he's just there, like, dreaming of being Donald Duck. You know, like... He didn't want to be Mickey. He was okay to play second fiddle. He just wanted to be Donald. He just wanted to be Donald.
1: I've got images now, like, of him having a bit of a darker side, like, when they're all out and he just needs a release and he's there, like, dressed up as Donald Dunk, having an asphyxiation wank.
0: <laughs> I mean... I can imagine that. I, him and Dennis Rader just wanking each other off, choking, like hanging from a fucking doorknob. Dressed up as fucking Disney characters. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if that's all George, if that's the worst thing that happened to the Anthony family, we wouldn't be doing this. But we are. Anyway, Cindy, on the other hand, was a controlling decision maker. She would always be on the warpath with Casey, who was pretty much the same. It's hard to tell if Cindy was a narcissist or just an enabler for Casey's narcissism as every lie that Casey told was backed up by Cindy to the hilt. She had no problem lying to her family with ease about Casey's graduation or pregnancy even though the answers she gave weren't the most convincing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's waterweight. and there was an administration error.
1: It's a, it's a default fucking uh, excuse that, isn't, isn't yeah. it really? Administration error. And water waiters. Well, you've put on a bit of weight. Oh, just, just water wait. Water
0: retention. Take some water pills and shut the fuck up. Fuck. Anyway, this led Casey to believe that she could do anything she wanted and the world would look after it. And with Cindy enabling her all the way, she was sort of right. Yeah. You know, she could lie as much as she wants. And she's got her mum backing her up and her dad there just trying to keep the peace and have a quiet life. So when Kaylee was born, it was a happy moment for the entire family but it wasn't without the standard Anthony family weirdness. Cindy told the nurses that she was to be the first person to hold the new baby and not Casey, and then she was quoted as saying, it's like having Casey all over again. (sighs) Fuck,
1: this is weird. That's a weird dynamic.
0: I know, yeah. Now, all of the press surrounding this case will have you, it's going to have you believing that Casey was a horrible mother to her daughter, but the statement's given by people in the investigation, said that she was pretty much a good mum and she was always attentive to Kaylee and her needs. She would take Kaylee with her whenever she went to see her friends and would tell people they couldn't smoke anywhere near her daughter and stuff like that. So, you know, she wasn't also really the party girl that she was portrayed as, as when she did go out with friends, she was usually the designated driver and she would admonish her friends for smoking weed. We'll get into this, but... People like Nancy Grace and all the other news had her painted as this fucking wild woman who goes out drinking and here's a picture of her at a hot body contest and all this stuff. And she wasn't actually like that. Okay. For the, for these 31 days that we'll get into, yeah, she was like that. But before that, she wasn't. She wasn't going out drinking all the time. You know, she looked after her daughter Cindy and George made sure that she was going to, because she wanted to give the baby, um, Kaylee up for adoption. And her mum was like, no, you're, you're keeping this baby, you're keeping it, and you're looking after this baby. And they made sure that she looked after it. And we'll get into like the media spin around it and that, but I know everyone's now again okay, now looking at listening and saying, oh, no, no, she was. I'm like, no, I've done research. So fuck off. She wasn't actually like that. She got like that, and I'm not defending it. But at this point, she wasn't like that. Anyway, despite these glimpses of a good person, the lies were not far away. She told her parents for two years she was employed at Universal Studios Florida as an event planner. She would get dressed for work and leave the house for hours at a time. She would also write fake work emails to herself from several email accounts she had set up. And also once took Cindy to a business lunch. But the work friend, Juliet Lewis, had to cancel. Possibly due to filming commitments. If you're going to come up with someone's name, and it's a fake work friend, and you've got your mum there, don't use an actress. Uh, Juliette Lewis can't make it. Um, Her friend Brad Pitt was coming, but he can't make it. Um, And then George Clooney, he was coming, but he can't make it now. Uh, Laura Wasinger. That's more convincing than yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. Juliette Lewis.
1: Co- Colin Smith.
0: Yeah, just Jesus talk about Kaylee. Okay. okay. So Kaylee, she was a lovely little girl. She had a very close bond with Cece and Jojo, is what she called Cindy and George. Mm-hmm. Oh, so she's in it. Yep. And she loved swimming, animals, and dressing up. And she was very outgoing, and she liked talking to people. So she's just your standard little toddler. Bright, so cute. And she was really smart for her age, and she could count to ten in English and Spanish. Ooh. So you know this—that's very smart. This is where it starts getting a bit mm, dark now. So we've got this lovely little girl. The last time Kaylee is seen alive by Cindy or George was on sixteenth of June. Cindy left the house at seven a.m. to go to work, and George left that afternoon between twelve fifty and two thirty p.m. Sometime between George leaving and seven p.m. that night, Kaylee Anthony died. It couldn't have been later than 7pm, as this was the time Casey had met up with her new boyfriend, Tony Lazaro, a student at the University of Central Florida. They'd met on Facebook a few weeks before, and on this night Kaylee was missing, the couple rented Untraceable and Jumper from Blockbuster Video. Terrible films. Jumper is shit. Hayden Christensen. So Tony and his roommate Roy House said that Casey seemed relaxed that night, and she even started to smoke pot. Casey would stay at Tony's for a while and was described as kind of a dem mom who would clean the apartment and do all the cooking for everyone. She had told her friends that her mum had kicked her out and she had to find somewhere else to live. And apparently, Tony and Roy didn't think it was weird that Kaylee wasn't there. Now, Tony and Roy went by the DJ names of DJ Anonymous and DJ Beady and ran the infamous Hot Body Contest on June the 20th at the... Fusion Ultra Lounge, part of That Dope's Friday, is presented by Seduction Productions. That,
1: Casey... that is a brilliant fucking company name, Seduction Productions.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> That's the one that Casey took part in and will be used all over the news and social media to portray her as the wild party girl. Now, regardless of what anyone thinks happened to Kaylee at the time, she died four days before. Right. And Casey was now taking part in a hot body contest and according to some people who knew her, she was on Xanax at night, like most of the people in the club. Now, if you were to believe her innocence, you could say that people do grieve in different ways. Mm-hmm. And this could be her letting herself go and trying to escape the death of a daughter. Or if we were to speculate that she had killed her daughter four days before, she could be cr- going crazy free from her responsibilities. We're not saying she killed her. I'm just saying. Don't sue us. Now, the reason this contest is brought up so much, mainly, is because there are several photos of her at the club on stage, which not only made great fodder for the prosecution, but also the public casting an eye towards a young mother who should be concerned with her daughter's whereabouts. As far as anyone was concerned, Kaylee had been left in the care of a nanny called Zenaida Gonzalez, or as Casey referred to her, Zani the Nanny. Zanny the Nanny. Which is quite a coincidence, really, Les, because the street name for Xanax is Zani. Zani. Mm. It's a bit weird. Yeah, that's isn't a it?
1: bit. Oh, so mm, hmm, hmm. I see where that may be going.
0: Now, Casey was the only one with any sort of responsibility among her friends, and especially among the Fusion nightclub crowd before June sixteenth. But afterwards, she was free to do what she wanted. A diary entry for June the twenty-first one day after the hot body contest, read, I completely trust my own judgement, and I knew that I made the right decision. This is the happiest I have been in a very long time. I hope that my happiness will continue to grow. Now, let's just speculate here. She's killed her daughter. That's pretty fucking damning. Mm. But, before you vomit an anger, Les, allow me to be a defence attorney and say that there is no year dated on that diary entry. Right. The prosecution in the trial stated it was from 2008, but the defence team said it was from 2003 when Casey was still in high school. Mm. Mm. Now, that little snippet of prosecution saying this, defence saying this, that just gives you a little view of how this case was. The prosecution thinking, this is nailed on. Mm-hmm. We don't need to prove this. The defence like, well... Here's a reasonable doubt. This was written years ago. There's no date on it. Can you prove it? I can see where I can see where the
1: defence is coming from. Yeah. It just seems mildly convenient.
0: It does, yeah. But regardless of when this entry was made, Casey was having the time of her life between the disappearance of her daughter and reporting that she was missing. On july second, Casey would get a tattoo that people would throw in her face over and over and over again. Paying $65, she got the words Bella Vita, which means beautiful life in Italian, on her back. Mm. Now, looking at the tattoo, you can say she's guilty of having terrible choices in body art, as she already had a shamrock on her lower back and three cherries on her hip. But it doesn't mean she is guilty of murder. Three cherries? Yeah, like three cherries. You know, where you got like three cherries on his on the stems? I've always just seen it as like two cherries. She had three. Casey Anthony does does herself. She's her own woman. She's Dick. She's fucking terrible choosing tattoos. Yeah. But she had a tribal band at some point as well. You know those people who had those sons in high school like the tattoos of like you know, the sons that were on the Sublime album. mm mm-hmm. Yeah. I hope they're all doing okay.
1: They're not, though, are they? I,
0: I don't know, but, you know, big shout-out to them. If you had the t- song from the Sublime album tattooed on you, I hope you're doing all right.
1: I've seen people who get the fucking, uh, you know, like from uh, Supernatural. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like the fucking tattoo they get. I've seen people who've got that, and I'm like, get you into the show, but, like, fuck, it, too far.
0: It you, is, yeah. you, you,
1: you're a dick.
0: I mean, I love Supernatural, but. But
1: yeah, same. I wouldn't get that. I I wouldn't go out of my way to get that. Like, no. Because, again, it does look like something from, like, the fucking early 2000s, late 90s. Like, something like fucking... Those kind of people are the type of people who listen to, like, fucking Creed.
0: I'll defend Creed. Creed had some good fucking songs.
1: To be fair, I do like... I prefer Alter Bridge, which were the band that came after Creed. Yeah,
0: with um, uh, Miles Kennedy and um,
1: Mark Tremonti. Sonny, yeah. And Mark Tremonti is like fucking um, solo work that he's done, and it's like fucking mint. Like his last album was like a cyberpunk fucking um, concept album. Do you want to give uh, a
0: bit? Shall we do a bit of Creed? My old prison, yeah. my old prison, should have been dead on a Sunday morning, yeah. being in my head.
1: Fucking, mm-hmm. yes, Creed. Oh, yeah, yeah. How, oh, Ah, oh, the, the other one. It's like, <laughs>
0: that's what got me into it. <laughs> Creed, <yeah>. Creed. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry, I think we're the only two people who put Creed over
1: <laughs> right, Yeah, we do just like, to, Creed and AutoPridge, just like, give them a chance. Give them a fucking chance.
0: Listen to My Own Prison, because it's fucking... Oh, my, my, own own prison, own. my Own Prison, My Own Prison. <laughs> Could
1: have been dead. Sorry. Uh, um, Sorry. <laughs> <clears throat> or a Sunday morning banging Bear my head <laughs> <laughs> Anyway
0: apparently Casey said she got the Bella Vita tattoo in honour of Kaylee, but this conflicts with another story that she told later Oh? Because a lot of her stories conflict with each other because she's a terrible liar. So around this time Casey was having little to no contact with her parents but on June the 23rd she broke into her parents shed with Tony Lazaro to steal some petrol cans for her car Oh. Now, George caught her in the act and he confronted her, to which Casey threw a tantrum and threw the cans back at him, screaming, Here's your fucking gas cans! <laughs> <laughs> now, the cans were stored there, right? Even though her parents thought Casey had a good job at Universal Studios, right? She always seemed to run out of gas in her car and did not have money to pay for some. So George would simply fill some up, up some cans to keep and then drive to Casey when she phoned and he'd fill the car up for her. I love George. It seems he's such a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but this time enough was enough. They hadn't heard off Casey in days and they hadn't seen Kaylee for longer. George called the police on Kaylee, who turned up and were probably like Dude, this is your fucking daughter. Just fucking bollock her and learn her some fucking respect. Mm-hmm. You know, George, we know you were a good cop, right? But dude, seriously?
1: Just 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 get a handle on this. Get a shit get your shit together. Yeah,
0: George, you know. We we know Cindy's a bitch, and your daughter's just the same. Seriously, dude.
1: Just like grow a backbone. There, there's,
0: there's, there's drug deals going out down there. Okay, fucking Tony Montana shit.
1: This this is Florida, George. Tell you what, dress up as Donald Duck and do an intervention.
0: Yeah, that'd be ace for <laughs> Imagine it. <laughs> This was, however, one of the few times that Cindy and George saw Casey between the disappearance and discovery that Kaylee was missing. When they did see Casey, she would say Kaylee was either at Disney World, SeaWorld, or Universal Studios with Zanny the Nanny. Zanny the Nanny? Fuck. That sounds exhausting. It does. It? Just getting all the other places. During this time, questions were asked about Casey's car, a Pontiac Sunfire. Her brother Lee took a drive in the car during this time and noticed it smelt a bit like death. Casey explained this away with the truly plausible story that two squiddles had crawled in her engine and died. That well, is quite plausible. That isn't... Is it?
1: It happens. Like, that thing happens like where fucking cats, like, fucking crawl under the...
0: Yeah, Two squirrels crawling up in an engine and just dying.
1: Okay, it's not that plausible.
0: Another friend called Amy Hazinger noticed the smell too, and Casey said that she had hit a squirrel and it had got stuck to the front of the car. (laughs) Now, I'm not saying Casey's lying about this, but how tall would this squirrel have had to be for it to hit the car to become lodged in the fucking grill, right? I mean, was it fucking Tufty the Squirrel not following his own green cross code And just, like, not looking both ways, going out, boom, hit by Casey Anthony. And he's just there, like, oh, She's like, oh, my God, there's a giant squirrel in a green jacket on my f- grill. Get off my grill. You're going to make my car smell like death. And the fuel really smells bad because two of your friends crawled up in my engine and died. How big is a squirrel going to be that you fucking hit it?
1: There's in Your car like a four foot squirrel them squirrels are big in Florida
0: fucking Florida t- squirrels So that cocaine they're taking in it Jesus <laughs> Christ <laughs> crack fucking squirrel fucking t- honestly Tufty the squirrel that's the only plausible thing I've got Tufty the squirrel on crack Tufty the squirrel was off his face on crack walked into the road and got hit by Casey Anthony
1: I've seen a squirrel with a pit bull on the nose <laughs>
0: Sweet Jesus. I mean, if you're Casey Anthony's friend, yeah, you're like, your car smells of death, and you're telling me you hit this giant squirrel. Where's your daughter? Is this Zenaida Gonzalez?
1: Yeah. Jesus.
0: Anyway, a week after the gas can incident, Casey parked a car at a check cashing store and parked it next to a dumpster. She left it there because she had surprisingly run out of gas, and the car was towed away. Fifteen days later, George was informed that the car was in an impound lot since June the 30th, so he went to pick it up. When he got there to collect it, both he and the guy at the impound lot remarked on the stench that was coming from the car. George was familiar with the smell of dead bodies from his time as a police officer, so when he was hit with the overpowering smell when he opened the door, he walked to the trunk, he said a prayer, and he opened up a trash bag that was inside that was full of old pizza and maggots. Now, George and Cindy had been looking for Kaylee, and he was prepared to find the body of his granddaughter, he mentioned this to the impound guy and he said, you know, we're probably going to get divorced over this. This was probably because this was the closest thing he had to a friend. Just this impound lot guy. (laughs) The guy's like, hey hey man, it's above my pay grade. Give me the money and take your fucking car. Stinking on my lot.
1: (laughs) Like that meme, like when somebody you don't know, like fucking tells you, uh, or tells you their life story. It's just like, okay.
0: He's like, I'm going to get divorced over this. Dude, I've known you for five minutes. I don't care. Give me the $150 and fuck off. Do you
1: want to go for a pint
0: after? No. (laughs) Do you like Daffy Duck? Go away. Go away. Donald Duck, obviously. He hates Warner Brothers. Anyway, George drove the car home with the windows down, trying to air out the car from the stench of death. I've just got this image of him like an Ace Ventura, (laughs) driving with his head out the window. (laughs)
1: <laughs> whilst dressed as Donald Duck.
0: Yeah. <laughs> just the little sailor <laughs> <driving his> <laughs> oh, I
1: shouldn't laugh because honestly, poor George. Poor George. Oh George.
0: <laughs> when he's just driving <laughs> like <"What's the> <laughs> <laughs> with pizza and maggots in the, the back. back. <laughs> He's like, I wonder if I wonder if Pepe wants to come out later. <laughs> <laughs> you seem like a nice guy. Wait till I tell Cindy I've got a friend. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. coughs> oh, anyway, so when he got home he called Casey and demanded that she come over and explain herself. At this point, Kaylee had been dead for an entire month. As far as George and Cindy knew, Zanny the Nanny had been looking after Kayleigh. But they were worried as they'd not seen their granddaughter for over a month when they usually saw her every day. When Casey arrived, Cindy called 911 in a sort of scarish straits kind of attempt to get Casey to tell them what was happening. So in the first call to 911, Cindy tells them that her daughter stole her car and money and wanted her to be arrested. Now we can ask why she didn't call them in the month prior, but in my opinion, she was just doing this to punish Casey. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be one of those things where they come out like, Casey, what do you want to do now? Is this the way you want to go with these officers and you could be arrested or you're going to get your life on track? Sort of a tough love thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After two hours of waiting for the police to come arrest Casey, George and Cindy started to piece together what had been going on, prompting Cindy to call 911 again. Mm -hmm. This time to tell them she wanted to report a three-year-old granddaughter missing And she'd been missing for a month. Now, according to testimony, Casey's brother Lee asked her what had happened to Kaylee. And Casey, after a while, broke down and said she'd been kidnapped by the dastardly Zanaida Gonzalez. A.K.A. Zanny the Nanny.
1: Oh my goodness, the plot
0: thickens. When confronted by her family why she hadn't come to them straight away, Casey said she was embarrassed. And she was afraid that Zanny would harm Kaylee if she involved anyone. She was on the case for the past month. And by on the case, she meant hanging out with a DJ boyfriend, taking part in hot body contests, while off her tits on Xanax, cashing stolen checks and stealing gas cans. I mean, you got to have a hobby. My kids have never gone missing for a month from a nanny, you know, so I wouldn't know what to do. Maybe taking loads of Xanax would get you off your tits. By the way, for our British listeners here, we're talking about diazepam. It's a fun drug. It
1: really is, it isn't is, it? It is That tram, tramadol.
0: Tramadol, that. Za- Oh, I tell you what, you know, I can see why she took it. Yeah, it's, you know gr- I mean? it's great. If I was entering a hot body contest, I'd get off me tits on diazepam as well.
1: Not going to lie, like, illegal drugs are okay, but, like, prescription, prescription drugs are, like, fucking...
0: Prescription drugs are where they're at, and also, your doctors are happy to give them to you. Yeah. I've got a bad back. It's been really bad. Here you go. Just take all these drugs. Oh, God. bless the NHS. <laughs> Anyway, this led to the third 911 call that day where Cindy, crying on the phone to the operator, said that Kaylee had been missing for a month and the babysitter had taken her and her daughter had been trying to find her herself. Also on this call, Cindy said, there's something wrong. I found my daughter's car today and it smells like there's a dead body in the damn car. Dun, dun, dun. At this point, Casey gets on the phone to the 911 operator and when asked what's going on, she replies, my daughter's been missing for the last 31 days. Then she says she knows who's got her and actually had a phone call off that day from a number that is no longer in service and got to speak to Kaylee for about a minute. Now, having mentioned the possibility of having a dead three-year-old, the police came straight away and Katie gave them the name of Zenida Gonzalez, nefarious kidnapper extraordinaire. According to Casey, Zenida was a friend of her ex-boyfriend, Jeffrey Hopkins, and he had babysat his toddler, Zachary. When the police found him, he told them that he had never heard of Zenaida Gonzalez, and he didn't even have a kid. The fuck. He didn't even have a childless. And Casey's like, "Yeah, um, my boyfriend, ex-boyfriend, Jeffrey Hopkins. Uh He gave me the name of Zenaida Gonzalez, and she looked after his little boy, Zachary. He's such a cute little kid. Yeah, it's it Jeffrey Hopkins. He gave me that name. Didn't even have a fucking kid.
1: Good. He's just like what?
0: He's like literally." Yeah, I know Casey. She's a fucking high-maintenance psycho. Like, Zenaida gone, no. Well, she looked after you kid. I haven't got a fucking kid. So this is when the police are like, what the fuck is yeah. going on here? So the next day on the 17th, Casey took the police to the Sawgrass apartments where she said Zanida lived. She'd given him the apartment number and described the inside of it in detail. The police looked inside the apartment and saw that it was empty and had been for months. When confronted with this, Casey said, huh, that's weird. Now, the police had gone to the apartment and spoke to the guy on the desk, right? Yeah. Now, he was like, yeah, that's been empty for months. And they were like, well, we need to some- Zenaida Gonzalez. And he went through. Never had anyone called Zenaida Gonzalez live here. And they checked CCTV and they never saw Casey on the CCTV with Kaylee. The only time, according to the CCTV, which covered the entrance to the apartment block, that Casey had been there, was that day with the police. The police had talked to Tony Lazaro and his roommates and they said that Casey hadn't said anything about Kaylee being kidnapped or even acted like she was something on her mind. And when they confronted her about this, she said, I spoke to my co-workers at Universal Studios about this all the time. God, When do you get off my case? I imagine she said that last bit. Hey, anyway, So the police said they would take her there so they could speak to the people and she said fine, even though she didn't actually work there. For fuck's sake, she just she gets invested in these like, like this. Hats th- off to her. Like she 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 she'll fucking go through with it. Like this is the thing, right? She's so drilled into this. She's just thinking a lie on a lie on a lie. She's thinking she's smarter than the fucking police. I wonder if, to a point
1: and to an extent, she was she was actually starting to convince herself
0: of her own lies. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I wonder. I mean, some people, people who've like been bullied and stuff like that, escape into their own fantasy world and they create lies yeah. about things they've done or things they've seen, did, been, you know, to escape from that reality. A bit, a bit like fucking, like,
1: you know, I like Ted Bundy was like pretty fucking average, but it was like, you'd say he was like on the football team and yeah. he was dead popular and shit. I mean, a bit more out there than Yeah, that. but
0: you know what I mean? I can see that, but with Casey, I just, I just think, She's a narcissist who believes that she's smarter than everyone. Yeah. And, I mean, she's got away with it with, Mm -hmm. like, in graduation, Kaylee, with her mum's help. You know what I mean? So, like, she's just like, I can keep lying here. I can keep lying. I'll get away with this. Something will work out for me. It always does, you know? Mm -hmm. So, when they arrived, they went to the security desk. And Casey was shocked when they said they had no record of her as an employee. And she demanded that they check again. It was only when a supervisor was called and realised that a child was missing and the police were there, the supervisor was like, yeah, let her in. You can imagine Casey going up again. Hi, yeah, um, I need access to the um, third floor, please. Yeah, I'm Casey Anthony. I work here. like, got no record of you. Oh, no, no, I totally work here. Yeah, check again. Must be your system down. So, how are you? You OK? Yeah. yeah. Oh, did you like that, um... Donuts I brought you last week? Ah, uh, yeah, it's totally cool. And this guy's like, you do not work here? Mm-hmm. And the supervisor's like, there could be a missing job. Yeah, just come in, do what you want. And Casey's like, okay, thank you, see you, bye. To her then, she's like, yeah, this lie's working. Yeah. I got through here. So she then led them around, waving at people, walking past her in the <laughs> corridor, while people just looked on confused and were like awkwardly like, hi? And like she's like... Hi, how's it going? You okay? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh God, your hair looks so good today. Are you? Uh, how are you doing? Have you lost weight? Oh my God! And people are like the fuck. Uh, she turned into a hallway when she faced with a dead end. She turned to the police and said, "Uh, I don't work here." <laughs> right nobody knows apart from Casey what she thought was going to happen walking around the halls but now the police have fucking got it so they took her into a room and they began to interrogate her and they said to her Luke we know you've been fucking lying you're not smarter than us we know what do you think and she was like and if you can watch it," and she's like no I I I swear my Zenaida Gonzalez has my daughter they're like why are you lying I don't know it's just I don't uh, know. All this stuff. And they said to it like, you know, if your daughter die by accident, just tell us. You know, this will be a lot fucking easier for you. If she died by accident, just tell us. Yeah. You know, we we can wait. Just tell us where she is. But Casey kept up the denial that she knew where Kaylee was, and the police were left with no option but to arrest her for child neglect. So, let's rewind back. The car. hmm Okay? As the police started doing forensics on it, a cadaver dog named Garris... Yeah was brought in to check out the car, and almost immediately walked to the trunk and sat down, signalling decomposition. The forensics team moved in and focused on a stain on the fabric in the trunk, which was about the size of a small child, and they found human hairs. They removed the hairs and took a portion of the fabric for testing. Since making that 911 call, and saying it smelt like there was a dead body in the car, Cindy had changed her story. Hmm and was now going along with Casey's version of events. Cindy claims she was using a figure of speech when she was on the call, and the smell was from the garbage. I never knew that rotting pizza smelled like a dead body. Do you Do you often use that um, figure of speech, Les? Like, oh, I'd better put some deodorant on. I smell like a dead body. Oh, God, this landfill stinks. It smells like a dead But bo- No, you don't, do you? What's
1: what people been telling you? You know, I've got a nose, less, But anyway, do you ever use that phrase? No, I never smell like a
0: dead body. Yeah, do you ever say, that smells like a dead body?
1: Only or, when it's a dead body.
0: How many dead bodies have you smelled? Let's not incriminate you on tape. But yeah, you don't use
1: that as a turn of phrase, do you? No, no, it's not a turn of phrase. you like,
0: stinks like shit, or stinks to high heaven, or smells like fucking someone's dropped the guts. or smell, something. It
1: smells like a brothel in here. Yeah,
0: yeah. Laying all the stank out, you know. You never say it smells like a dead body.
1: No, you Do don't. You? No. no, I don't know. That is a turn of phrase, though. Like oh, it smells like someone's died in here.
0: Yeah, but you don't say it you smells say like a, a dead, dead body. You know. You like, if, especially if you're my granddaughter's been missing for a month. She's been kidnapped by the nanny. By the way, her car smells, and it smells like a damn dead body in there. That's not a turn of phrase you'd use. N- it. No, no, no. With no sign of the elusive dread pirate Zenaida Gonzalez, <laughs> do you like what he did there? I do. Yeah, yeah. Princess Bride, <laughs> a fucking brilliant film. I'm running out of options. The police called a press conference, and the media fascination with this case exploded. Now, the media thought this case was the next John Bernay Ramsey. Okay, but they had an attractive young single mother as a focal point. Not saying, well, John Benet Ramsey's parents they weren't really hot. And Casey Anthony would say what you want. She's kind of hot. She's a terrible person, but she's kind of hot. And that's what people focused in on. And that's why people painted her as this bad mother thing, because you had a, an attractive young mother. Yeah, and she's kind of mm-hmm. hot. Can't get away with it. Can't get away from it. She was kind of hot. But whether you found Casey hot or thought she was a skank, the press and the public could not get enough of it. After announcing that Kaylee was missing... EcuSearch, a company from Texas founded by Tim Miller, whose daughter was murdered in 1984, arrived to help look for Kaylee and gathered a group of around 4,200 volunteers to help search. After weeks and weeks of searching, they found nothing. But someone had been found. Who? That person was... Zenaida Gonzalez! Really? Dun-dun-dun! That dun, dun. 37-year-old came forward to the police and she said that not only she'd never babysat for Casey... She'd never met her, and she wasn't even a babysitter. <laughs> the police believed her story, and this led to them naming Casey as a person of interest in the disappearance of her daughter. Right, Zenaida Gonzalez, one person named Zenaida Gonzalez in the entire of Florida. Did she pick the name out of a phone book?
1: It makes you wonder. Like, that one per- like. Actually, she's gone. She's gone right not, to Z, hasn't she? She's gone right that's to Z. Not, that's not a common name. Not at all. No. I think
0: there's something like I was watching a documentary or listening to something. I think they said there's something like 21 Gonzalez Gonzalez's in the entire of the United States or something. What did she do? What Zenaida Gonzalez? Yeah. She sued Casey Anthony. Good. No, but like, what did she do uh, I don't as a job? She wasn't a babysitter. No. <laughs> the police were like, "No, totally, we believe she could have come in." With, like, a sack full of children and a patch on her eye, and they would be like, Do You know what? We believe you. We believe you. It'd
1: be awesome if she uh, worked at Disneyland as one of the uh, fucking characters. And George
0: <laughs> is like, So, you, could you get me an inn? <laughs> After all this days down, I'd be a good Donald.
1: <laughs> I just work with the princesses. <laughs>
0: so- <laughs> So, the media hype exploded when the 911 calls were released, and the public could hear Cindy saying it smelt like there was a dead body in the car. And how dismissive Casey was of the whole thing. Now, you notice how there's always weird news stories about Florida? Mm -hmm. So, you'll see things like, Florida man made love to Ebola virus, or Florida man got caught shagging a chicken. Loads of stuff like that. It's because of a little thing called the Florida Sunshine Law. Right. right? Which is a law that states that not all non-confidential records, including law enforcement records, must be made readily available to the public. So this is the reason why you hear so many weird cases from Florida all the time. Mm -hmm. Because the newspapers, news networks can just go and get these documents, because they're Mm -hmm. non-confidential. Florida, you've got no one to blame but yourself there, okay? You're like, oh, people pick on us because of this. It's your own fucking fault for passing Mm -hmm. that law. Anyway, at this point, Casey knew she was in trouble, and she needed a lawyer. She needed the sort of lawyer who would be able to convince a jury that even though all of her stories were bullshit, she was innocent. And that lawyer was Jose Baez. Now, up until this point, Jose Baez was just another lawyer in Orlando, right?
1: Bias oh, yeah, sounds a bit like bias. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she does <don't> you? <laughs> Casey Anthony called him, and sensing this case could make his career, he just said, Yep, take I'll take you on as a client. She said she can't afford to pay him, but we'll get to that. Okay. I've got ideas. The first thing he did was to get a Sacramento Bail bondsman bounty hunter called Leonard Padilla to put up the five hundred thousand bond to send her home with a team and the plan was to film the whole story so Padilla could sell it as a reality show at a later date. For
1: fuck's sake.
0: Now, Leonard Padilla, he just wants to be Dog the Bounty Hunter, don't he? Yeah. But, to be fair, Jose Baez is coming, he's like, it's half a million, you've got to put up half of that, so they've put up a quarter of a million, and he's like, you know, you can film this, you can make a reality show, you'll make millions, you can get a pilot, and all this stuff. So... This is start of Jose Baez's sort of manipulation of this case. He's like, we'll turn this into a media circus. So Casey was taken straight to her parents' house with protesters screaming obscenities and death threats at not only her but Cindy and George too. Oh, poor George! So people would bang on the door and demand that they come out and face their crimes, and it got to the point where George came out to demand that people get off his property, and ended up getting into fights with them. All the while, Casey's inside, and according to one of Padilla's team, she was loving every minute of it.
1: Bet she was.
0: Now, there's a bit where um, there's a man and a woman with the kids banging on the door, demanding that George come out and Cindy and Casey come out. And then they're reading this protest card, going, Casey, you are a murderer. George and Cindy, you are enablers helping her to hide a murderer. You need to come out and face your crimes. No charges have been pressed as of yet, right? They've said to the Kate yes, you're a of interest, we're charging you with this. There's no body. As far as they know, this kid is alive somewhere. Poor George is like, coming out, get off my property, seriously, just get off my property. And like, he's having to push people and scuffle with him to get him off because he's like, just fucking leave us alone. Like, these are grieving grandparents here. Yeah. You know, they're worried the fuck about this. There's a bit where they go to visit her in jail and they're wearing the T-shirts with Kay- with Kaylee's face on and like Come Home Angel and all this stuff. Cindy says to her, um, somebody thinks that Kaylee might be dead and Casey just goes, <laughs> surprise, surprise. When she went to the police station, um, she was phoning and she were like, Casey, what's going on? You know, just tell us what's happening. Can I have Tony's number, please? And they were like, Casey, what the fuck? Like, her brother come on going, Casey what the fuck is happening? What's going on? Just tell me what's going on. I can sort it out with mum and dad. Just tell me what's going on. She's like, look, I'm sick of talking to you now. Just get me Tony's number. Cause she just wants to speak to her boyfriend. Yeah. To be like, you fucking tell him this. When you watch those, you can see Casey's got fucking no empathy whatsoever. Okay. She's like turning around. She's like, how do you think I feel? I'm in here. I can't do anything. I've got things. And then there's a nice bit where she's just with her dad. And he's like, you know, i i worried about I really miss you sweetheart she's like I miss you too dad and she's like you know out of all the people who i have not been able to see I've missed you the most like she's obviously playing him like a fiddle but you can see how much like he's like you know I, I want to sort this out but you're my daughter and mm. you can see he's got this why I feel sorry for George because he's put in this situation and he's just like I just want my granddaughter mm. but you know we'll see how it fucking plays, it plays out for him because it's it gets bad Anyway, Tracy Conroy, who worked for Padilla, she lived at the Anthony house for nine days to keep an eye on Casey and to film anything they could use for the pilot for the show. Mm -hmm. She was shocked at Casey's behaviour and said that she was a narcissist. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) And one night, she thought she heard Casey crying in her room. And she was like, thank God, this woman's broke. She's crying. She's like, the emotion's coming out on her. Mm -hmm. She went in to check on her and she found that she wasn't crying. She was laughing at a laptop where she'd been talking to a hot guy, and they were messaging each other back and forth. Casey was indeed loving every minute of it. She was like, come look at this guy, come look at this guy. And this guy messaged saying, Casey, I think you're gorgeous. And she was like messaging him back on Facebook and stuff. And this woman's was like, the fuck is wrong with you? And that she went out and was like, something's not right here. I think this, she's killed her daughter. Because <laughs> she's not worried about her daughter. She's showing no emotion. She's loving every minute of all this attention. And she's flirting with guys on Facebook. However, her time out of jail was about to come to an end as the police had gotten the forensic results back from the car. A sample of the fabric had been sent to Dr. Arpad Voss, who had made himself an expert in decomposition. Don't know how you make yourself an expert in decomposition. That sounds like a fucking grey area that I don't want to touch.
1: Nah, it's like, um, you ever seen that show, Bones? Yep. But I'm guessing it's like that. Because don't they like do that sort of shit? Like when it's the body's like fucking unrecognizable and and shit like that. Yeah. I mean, they have bodies and that. Yeah. And, but you know what I mean. I like that show. Like I never got into CSI or or any of them. CSI show shows. New York was good. I just couldn't get on with it. It's but, got
0: Gary Sinise in it.
1: I, I don't know. I just preferred Bones. There was just something oh, about no, Bones I really liked.
0: Was it because it's got Zoe Deschanel's sister in it? That, but I'm kind—I'm kind of a low-key David Boreanaz fan. He made himself an expert in decomposition. So, we're going to drill down into the science of this now. When the body decomposes, it releases certain gases. Mm-hmm. Doctor Voss has invented a method to detect those gases, which went as following: You get the sample, you seal it in a paint can. The gases in the sample are then captured in the can. And then that can can be tested for which chemicals have been released. Now, he's using paint cans, so I'm thinking he's made himself an expert in decomposition in his garage. That family lost a lot of pets, I'm willing to bet. Yeah. Father, have you seen my eight cats? Sorry, Cindy. They've got again. What's in that cage? Nothing. Why does it smell like there's a dead body in here? It's just a turn of phrase. Go away. (laughs) But... Apparently, according to Dr. Voss, there was an abundance of chemicals that had been released by a dead body from that sample. The police also sent the hair samples they found to the FBI crime lab to be tested. And the DNA was tested, and the result was that the only people the hair could belong to was Kaylee, Casey, or Cindy. But the length of the hair, and the fact it was untreated from any dyes, meant that it could only be Kaylee's hair. Mm It also had a brown decomposition band around the root, which is only found on hairs from a decomposing body. Now, if this wasn't enough evidence, Dr. Vass said he also found evidence of chloroform in the fabric sample. fuck. Which were a lot higher than would normally be present in the trunk of a car. What this says about Dr. Vass and his hobbies, to you. He's dedicated a lot of time to decomposing bodies and gases and paint cans. I mean, I wouldn't let him, would you let him look after your kids?
1: No. no. Also, his name, Doctor Voss, Dr. Arpad so- Voss. It it does sound a bit villainous. I mean, I'm sure he's not. I'm sure he's not. But doesn't it? Like if I was, if I was writing like a story about an evil doctor, that'd be that'd be. No, it wouldn't. The kind of stories I write, it would. It, I'd just go. It would be something like Shipman, oh, Doctor
0: Shipman. Anyway, so on October the 14th, 2008, Casey was charged with first-degree murder, aggravated manslaughter of a minor, aggravated child abuse, four camps of lying to the police, and Casey was still saying that Zanny the nanny was the one who had Kaylee, even though Zanny the nanny had come forward, been questioned, and cleared of any involvement. Stop lying, Casey.
1: It's it's not working, Casey.
0: It's not working anymore. So, if only the police had a body... They would be able to show that Casey had killed a child. Only someone had told them multiple times weeks before they had thought they'd found a child's skull in a swamp, they could finally nail this bitch. Well, someone had. Oh. And that man was Roy Crunk. 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 Roy
1: was a Flintstones. Meet the Flintstones. It does sound like a fucking Flintstone. Wasn't Krunk from the Emperor's New Groove. Yes, he was fucking Kronk. I love Kronk. Yeah. He's fucking brilliant. He was the one who voiced him, you know, the The guy who did
0: Joe from Family Guy. Yeah, yeah. Like fuck. Yeah, um, anyway. (laughs) So Roy was a utility worker who would occasionally visit the wooded area near the Anthony house to take a piss every now and again when he was out working. Fair enough. On October the 11th, Royd got out to drain the lizard, and penis in hand noticed a trash bag that looked kinda suspicious. He immediately thought about the missing girl and called the police. They forwarded him onto the tip line, and nobody followed up on the report. Two months later, Roy once again went to tap a kidney and noticed that the bag was still there. (laughs) Tap a kidney. But whatever was inside had been pulled out by animals since his last visit. He walked up to a small white round object and poked it at it with a stick. Fucking idiot. He could see it was a human skull, but then he still hooped his stick in the eye socket and lifted up the skull. When finally realising what he'd found, he dropped it and called the police again. Now, Roy Cronk had found the remains of Kayleigh Anthony less than half a mile away from the Anthony house. Mm. How 4,200 people who were searching for her missing body had missed this is anyone's fucking guess. And why the police didn't follow up on Roy Cronk's first call two months
1: before, we will never know. We really need a thing that's like warning police incompetence again.
0: Uh, But what we do know Kaylee's body was placed in a trash bag and was then carried outside in a canvas diaper bag and it was dumped in the woodland. Fuck's sake. Now, the body had been subjected to Orlando's summer heat and most of the flesh had rotted off. And with no sign of trauma on the skeleton, it was impossible for them to give an accurate cause of death. However, they did find duct tape on the skull covering the mouth. The FBI tested the tape for fingerprints but all they could find was adhesive residue in the shape of a heart, and this was from a sticker that had been placed there. I don't know why, that fucking upsets me really badly.
1: Yeah, me too. That's horrible.
0: Now, fast forward three years to the court case, and the prosecution were looking to give Casey Anthony the death penalty if she was found guilty of the capital murder charge. However, this could be seen as the first mistake and overconfidence that the prosecution made. This would mean they had to prove that the murder was premeditated. Now, they did offer Casey a plea deal, but she became angry and said she would never in a million years admit to the murder of my daughter. Selecting a jury was another problem, as this case had been all over the news for fucking three years and it was difficult to find anyone who could be impartial, so they took the jury from Clearwater, which was a two hour drive away from Orlando. However, as Clearwater also had TVs and internet, they too were aware of the case of Case Anthony, so the jury pool was selected from people who were undecided or leaning towards not guilty. Now, one of the guys in this, he was selected for the jury, and he went outside, spoke to a reporter, and he come back in, and the judge was like, found him in contempt court, and he went, did you just do this to get out of jury duty? And the guy was like, yeah. Because he was like, I don't want to be on this jury. You pit me, and he was like, I'll just fucking, I'll pay that fine, kick me off the jury. (laughs) Like, (laughs) fucking legend that guy was. Anyway, the case was a media storm and an estimated 40 million people watched the trial, and the press were clamouring for any information about Casey and her actions in jail, including what she would order from the commissary and what her meals were. So they had three years to pan this out. Also, you had Nancy Grace there. Going, that bitch, that horrible bitch of a mother, is going to burn. <laughs> if you don't know who Nancy Grace is, she's like, she hates Casey Anthony, but Casey Anthony made her a millionaire. All she did was cover Casey Anthony and say she was a fucking horrible woman and a disgusting woman and all this shit and basically made Nancy Gracie's career. So did Jody. Anyway, the judge in the case was Belvin Perry. Belvin. Belvin. And he was wary of this case turning into another O.J. Simpson trial and made sure that both sets of lawyers were acting appropriately in court And he stamped out any shenanigans. Which is good. Yeah. That's what a judge should do. He later said he saw two sides to Casey Anthony in court. One was a sullen, grieving mother that she showed the jury. But as soon as the jury weren't in the courtroom, she was bubbly, smiling, and joking with the lawyers. (laughs) So, there's going to be pictures throughout this. You'll see Casey in court looking all sad. That's when the jury's in there. Then you'll see pictures of her smiling in court. That's when the jury isn't in there. Oh, Kelsa Yeah. Her appearance was also carefully curated by the defense. Knowing that the prosecution would portray her as a party girl, Baez made her look plain and a downtrodden single mother. So a hair tied back, shirts, cardigans, you know, like a virgin, lots of white.
1: Yeah. Like, you know, virginal sort of, uh, like Luke, Luke, this is
0: innocent. She's an innocent woman. Jose Baez, I've read his book, because I've read a lot of books about this. He is the scummiest piece of shit defence lawyer ever. But if I'm ever on trial for my life, I want fucking Jose Baez. Because what he does is fucking reprehensible, disgusting, and goes beyond the morals of a human. But by God, it works. <laughs> So, um, I'm serious, Les. When we get into this, you'll be like, what a fucking piece of shit. But you will want him as your lawyer if you're on trial for your life here.
1: Oh, yeah. Usually, the shittier they are, the uh, Oh We're we're
0: talking fucking pond scum here. Lowest of the low, ambulance-chasing scum. Lionel Hutz is fucking higher up on the moral totem pole than this piece of shit. So, the case began on the 6th of June, 2011 with quite possibly the most explosive opening statement I have ever come across. You thought Herb Mullins' dad had it bad? Mm-hmm. Where Herb was saying his dad would play fighting in the kitchen and it was like a, he thought it was a challenge to the death. And even the lawyers were like, you know, his dad was challenging him to the death and his dad's like, what the fuck? I was just having a bit of rough and
1: tumble yeah. with my son. Yeah, that was like, I remember that one. Yeah. It was like, fucking what? You've not
0: fucking seen anything yet.
1: Ooh, hit me, brother.
0: Right. The prosecution opened up stating that the case revolved around three words. Child. Free. Life. They painted a picture of Casey as the typical party girl from Orlando, and saw Kaylee as a weight around her neck. They said that Casey had knocked her daughter out with chloroform that she made herself, taped her nose and mouth shut with duct tape to suffocate her, then placed her in a trash bag and transported her to the wooded area in the canvas diaper bag. The prosecutions thought this was a no loose case. After all, they had the photos of Casey at the hot body contest, the duct tape, the matching canvas bag that was found in Casey's room, which was part of a set.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So the canvas bag they found in the woods, Casey's got of... the other one.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Being dad, you got the little
0: test. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah no. But then up stepped Jose Baez. Oh. Now, say what you want about him. He played this fucking case perfectly. He was about to drop a pipe bomb of CM Punk proportions into that courtroom that not only threw the press and jury, but also the prosecution. Holy shit, is he about run away with the bout? He opened up admitting that Casey did have knowledge of her daughter's death. And yeah, she's been lying to everyone. He's like, I'm not, she's been lying. Yeah. The reason she'd done this was because Kaylee's death was an accident after she drowned in the family pool. Someone had left the ladder down and Kaylee had walked outside got into the pool and drowned all while Casey was asleep. According to Bias, George found the body and took it to Casey and said, Look what you've done! Your mother's never going to forgive you! So George, wanting to protect his daughter, went to the kitchen to get some garbage bags, placed Kaylee's body inside and sealed it with duct tape, just like he'd done with family pets when they died. He then took the body in the canvas bag and placed it in the wooded area and went to work. Casey in shock and denial about what had happened, left for a month to deal with her grief. Grief in inverted commas. hmm Weirdly, and this could just be a coincidence, you know, happenstance, say what you will, Casey shared a jail dorm with a woman called April Whalen for a few days in 2009. On Christmas Day 2007, the body of April's 15-month-old son was found drowned in their family pool by April's father. Oh. And the cosmic ballet goes on. Convenient. Baez then focused on Roy Cronk and said that he had removed the remains from another location and he would staged the whole thing for attention and profit. Cronk had admitted that he'd joked with his co-workers that he'd hit the lottery by finding the dead girl and not to tell any of his ex-wives. Also, Cronk's estranged son said his dad had called him in November saying, ''Your old man is going to be famous.'' In fact, all of Cronk's ex-wives admitted he was inappropriate with children, violent to women Definitely capable of Kaylee's murder. Holy shit. But Kronk was just an idiot piece of shit he was looking for cash in on this poor dead girl. Kronk sad.
1: Kronk sad.
0: Kronk should never have got out for piss. I love how he
1: just, like, pisses where he wants. This guy just doesn't give a fuck.
0: Uh, but it, this doesn't mean that Kronk killed Kaylee. No, it just means no. he's a dick. Yeah, it just means he, he did move the skull and bias said the whole scene was contaminated and forensic evidence couldn't be trusted. But the biggest bombshell, and unfortunately less... Was this at George? It involved Paul Disney dreaming George. Ugh. So, going into court, the prosecution told George what was about to happen and told him under no circumstances could he react, as he was not only a witness, but also the father of the defendant. Byers said that the reason Casey lied so much and the reason she showed no emotions during the 31 days, was because she was trained to by her father, as he had been sexually molesting her since she was 8 years old. What the fuck? She was taught to lie to protect her father, and to bury her emotions of being molested by her father. He said her brother was also in on the molestation, and it was a family secret that made Casey feel as though she had to lie at all times to protect herself. There's a clip where he says this, and he says, Casey was 13... She'd have a father's penis in her mouth and then she'd have to go to school. And George, fucking just staring on, stone-faced. In his Donald Duck outfit. Mm. <laughs> now, the burden of proof is on the prosecution in the case, right? So Baez essentially realised he could make shit up and the prosecution have then got to disprove it. Yeah. <clears throat> and now the world was shocked at the revelation and were preparing for Baez to hammer her, this home throughout the entire case. So he's going to be like, yeah, fucking... Molestation, molestation. Much like it was in the Menendez brothers' trial. And I don't care what you fucking say, kids on TikTok. The Menendez brothers are fucking guilty. They do not need another trial. They are guilty. But Baez never brought up the molestation again. Ever. Weird. Never mentioned a word of it again. The prosecution were forced to bring it up to try and disprove it. But with Baez not calling any experts or showing any proof... The prosecution struggled to disprove it, because he's not giving any evidence, so they can't counter their evidence. No. The first witness for the prosecution was George, straight after that. Oh, my God. They opened up and said, have you ever molested Casey? And he said, no. No, sir, I have not. Because he fucking hadn't. Yeah. No way. Now, when it was Byers's turn to examine him, everyone prepared themselves for some fucking hard-hitting questions about the alleged molestation. But Byers, instead, this is why he's a scumbag, but it works, focused on George's 2009 suicide attempt. Not long after Kaylee's body was found, George, he was completely fucking heartbroken that his granddaughter was dead and that his daughter was probably responsible for it, took off and checked into a motel in Daytona Beach, took a bunch of pills, drank a lot of beer... And wrote a suicide note saying he just wanted to be with Kaylee. Oh, fuck this poor guy. Byers said that George had attempted suicide out of guilt for disposing of the body and relentlessly hammered at this grieving grandfather while his daughter sat there emotionless.
1: Holy shit,
0: fuck. He messaged people. He did he took took all these pills, drank all this beer, he messaged people to say goodbye. Killing myself, and the police managed to find him, pump his stomach, and save him. But this poor man has gone through all this. Then they're saying he's molesting his daughter, and now saying, yeah, well, you tried to kill yourself because you buried your granddaughter's body. I fucking I don't care if I was in court, I would have jumped over that and knocked the fuck out of Jose Baez if that mm-hmm. was me. He was doing yeah. that too. So George, well done. The prosecution then focused on the party girl image and the forensics of the hair and the smell that we talked about earlier. So everything that we spoke about, the prosecution brought that up and was hammering in that home. They then moved on to the Anthony family internet search history, stating that in March 2008, someone in the Anthony house had searched using Internet Explorer for the word chloroform 84 times. This, coupled with the chloroform particles in the trunk found by Dr. Vass, was what the prosecution used to drive home the theory that Kaylee was knocked out using chloroform. They then went on to the duct tape. Three pieces were found either on the skull or near the skull. Can you use chloroform on yourself? I imagine so. You're thinking of some sort of asphyxi wank. No. Yeah, so they said they found three pieces of duct tape. They were found either on the skull or near the skull, depending on who was testifying. Some said they were on the skull, some said they were near the skull. The person who said that Kaylee was knocked out was the medical examiner, Dr. G, who now has a show. Dr. G, medical examiner. <laughs> it ace. Um, she said there was no reason to put duct tape on the face after someone was dead. And while one piece was enough to suffocate Kaylee, Casey used three to make sure it worked. One piece over the mouth, one over the nose, and the last piece covered both of them to hold them in place. And with this, the prosecution rested, thinking they'd done enough to get Casey Anthony the death penalty. And there was nothing that Jose Baez could do to convince the jury otherwise. However, taking a page out of Johnny Cochran's book, Biles came up with a phrase that would become as famous as if the glove don't fit, you must acquit. Biles started to talk about fantasy forensics. He hammered away at the forensic evidence that the prosecution put forth claiming that it was all fantasy forensics and didn't actually make any sense when you think about it. First off, he took on Dr. Arpad Vass and his smell test in paint cans. He pointed out to the jury that this was the first time the method had ever been used in a trial that Dr. Voss didn't have a doctorate in chemistry and it was true Mm -hmm. he had a doctorate in anthropology Mm. now I'm just saying this right, Dr. Voss, it works it's been used in cases since he's made machines that have been patented that smell stuff like you can roll them and stuff so this works Mm -hmm. but like in the O.J. Simpson case where they had DNA, people are like DNA, what the fuck's that? You know, they don't care about it. It's something new. They don't understand it. But Dr. Vassi's way of doing it works. It's been used in cases and it's standard now. Yeah. But at this time, he claimed that Dr. Vassi's technique didn't pass the Dalbert test, which is basically when an attorney doesn't think an expert is qualified. So, Dalbert test. You've got five things here. One, whether the theory or technique employed by the expert is generally accepted in the scientific community whether it has been subjected to peer review and publication, whether it can be and has been tested, whether the known potential rate of error is acceptable, and whether the research was conducted independent of the particular litigation or dependent on an intention to provide the proposed testimony. Right. So, he's got a point. Yeah, yeah. Then Byers brought in a chemistry professor from Florida International University called Dr. Kim Furton, who testified that there was no hard evidence of what chemicals were present in human decomposition. Byers then honed in on Vass's claim over the chloroform in the air. Chloroform is apparently found in the air in parts per trillion, but Vass claimed that in the trunk, the chloroform was found in parts per million. So there's a lot of chloroform in the air. Mm-hmm. Baez brought in a witness who said it wasn't that weird that there was chloroform, and it was found in many things, including cleaning products, which could have been used to clean the car before the trash was found in there.
1: I mean, it's there, it's, it's plausible.
0: That's, is there a reasonable doubt you've got in your mind, L.S.? Yeah. Mm. So, what about the Google searches about chloroform found on the Anthony family computer? Well, Cindy Anthony took the stand... And once again, feeding into Casey's bullshit, said that she was the one who'd done the search, and it was by accident that she'd done it. What, that that many times? According to Cindy, her dog kept eating bamboo leaves off the plant in the back garden, and it was acting tired and ill. So Cindy was thinking that the leaves may have been the cause of it. Fair enough. So she sat down and googled chlorophyll, but the suggestions came up as chloroform, and out of curiosity, she clicked on it, and looked on one side, and then came off it. The prosecution called Cindy out on this bullshit, saying she was at work that day, and they had time cards and computer logs showing that someone was using her credentials. Secondly, they had already told the court that chloroform had been searched 84 times, and this wasn't out of curiosity. But, Les, what if they didn't do it at all? Hmm. Bayard said that Cindy could have come home and accidentally stayed logged in at work, with a co-worker unknowingly using her credentials. But the 84 times claim, well, that's easy. The software the prosecution was using made an error. Hmm. And do you know what the most shocking thing is here? Cindy was fucking telling the truth. Really? Really. It's true. It made an error. It counted it 84 times instead of once. She Googled it. Shit. Oh, fuck. Now. That's That's dead.
1: That's That's the most shocking thing Uh, of this case, isn't it? Cindy
0: Anthony was telling the fucking truth. Now, with regards to the duct tape, Bayer said that the prosecution had used junk science in their claims that there were no fingerprints present. But the FBI weren't expecting to be any on the tape as it had been outside for so long and any fingerprints or oils would have disappeared in the Florida heat and humidity. But Bayer said that there should have not only been fingerprints, but also DNA on both sides of the tape. He also said that the tape was, that was on the face had been put there by the police in transit to keep the jaw attached to the skull. He backed this up with the fact that the prosecution never actually decided whether it was on the face or found near the face. Now, when you want someone to put all of this mayhem into one efficient statement, you call in the Germans. In this case, the German was Dr. Werner Spitz.
1: That's very German.
0: Who had been involved in many cases ranging from the assassination of JFK to the O.J. Simpson civil case. Hmm. In the O.J. Simpson civil case, he testified that, yes, they were stabbed. That was it. That's literally, he was called up. It was like, yeah, they were stabbed. Thank you. You may leave the stand. It's like that
1: German orphan boy. Joke. Have you ever heard that? (laughs) (laughs) I love it.
0: Dr. Spitz dissected the autopsy report of Dr. G and destroyed it, saying the police had essentially half-arsed everything and he hated seeing shoddy work. Now, in his defence, right, he is one of the most respected forensic scientists in the world and... He's got fucking high standards, and he's like, this is how it should be done. I don't care if you think this case is, she's 100% guilty, and this is a slam dunk. You fucking hit these fucking heights. Otherwise, it's not worth doing. Fair enough there. If you want to prove something, prove it properly. Yeah. And yeah, he took the money from buyers and was like, come in and do that. But he's like, yeah, I'm ripping this apart because this is fucking shit work. Mm-hmm this is half-arsed, you've not done this right, this hasn't been done right, this should have been done. So bias is like, so essentially what you're saying is that medical examiner's report is, is worthless. worthless. And he's like, yeah, it totally is. One of the most respected forensic scientists in the world came in and said that. Dr. Lawrence Kablinski was brought in to talk about the hair that it was found. He said that, yes, it was consistent with Kaylee's hair, it was consistent with being the same colour, and it was consistent with being untreated but without any root on the hair they couldn't prove it was Kaylee's hair the word there is consistent with yeah it's yeah it's consistent with this but there's you can't say for certain yeah once again the swimming pool the molestation never brought up again no proof given no evidence given no statements of well could she have done this yes she could have done this there was no questions asked about it by anyone could she have drowned in a pool Yes, nothing mentioned about it. He focused on the fact that the prosecution could not paint the picture of what happened. Sure, they can say that this may have happened and this was consistent with that, but they could never produce the timeline or a smoking gun that would show Julie that Casey Anthony definitely did X, Y, and Z. When it was time for the closing statements, the prosecution first went through their entire case again, repeated all of the forensic evidence one more time, trying to drill into the jury their version of events. They finished it off with one question. Whose life was better with Kaylee Anthony dead? They showed a slideshow of Casey Anthony dancing with her new tattoo and having a wild time. Then it was Baez's turn, but not before Judge Belvin said to him, <laughs> You cannot fucking mention molestation. He's like, you've presented no evidence, you've not mentioned it again, you cannot use it in these closing arguments. Yeah. Fucking well done, Judge Bell. Yeah,
1: nice one. Because that would be shenanigans.
0: But with regards to the drowning, Baez did have some evidence. And I use the term evidence in a very, very, very loose way. He showed a picture of Kaylee at the back door of the Anthony house, opening it on her own, and behind her was the pool. Mm. The case was passed over to the jury to decide the fate of Casey Anthony. Less than 11 hours later the jury had reached their verdict. On the charges of first-degree murder, aggravated manslaughter of a minor, aggravated child abuse, the jury found Casey Anthony not guilty. She was found guilty of lying to the police and was sentenced to four years in prison. However, since she had been in jail for three years and had time off for her good behaviour, Casey Anthony walked out of jail a free woman ten days after the end of her trial. Now, jurors were questioned to why they didn't find her guilty, and they said the prosecution didn't paint the picture, and the defence had given them reasonable doubt. To be fair, I see where they're coming from. They're like, we wanted to find her guilty. We think she's guilty, But but they couldn't prove it to us. They couldn't say, yeah, so... Kaylee did the, Casey woke up on this day, she did this, then she went to this, she did this, did this. Whereas Bias is like, well, well, this is bullshit, this is bullshit, this is bullshit, disproving this, that's wrong. And they're like, literally give us something. Mm. Let us, give us something, we can fucking put it to death. And they're like, they've got nothing. Yeah. Because the prosecution went in thinking this was no loose. So they half-arsed everything. They're thinking, we got all these forensics, we got everything. That's it. We don't need to prove anything to anyone. But they did. Yeah. So, let's get into this now. The Internet Explorer history in the search, right? All of this next was covered by a couple of dudes on the Internet. A couple of Internet sleuths, yeah. And they found out that Casey had used Firefox, not Internet Explorer. Right. But the prosecution did not take the Firefox history because it was only in a beta state then. And it wasn't really widely known. So everyone was using Internet Explorer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember Firefox. them days. Yes. And Firefox was new. It was a cool thing that, like, you know, a few people used. And Casey Anthony used that. This was all reported by news stations and was also backed up by sheriff's departments. So the two internet nerds, they got the history and went through it and painted a picture of what happened on the day Kaylee died. Okay? Okay. So 8am, Kaylee logs onto AOL Instant Messenger and chats up a guy with the username... White Playboy. Boy spelt B-O-I. It's a cool guy, isn't he? Boy. Yeah. Boy! So, the next few hours, she checked MySpace and Facebook and looked at over a thousand different pages, seeing all the fun her friends were having. 251. 21 minutes after George Anthony leaves for work, Casey Googled the term foolproof suffocation. Mm. Now, without this history, the prosecution missed... 98% of the browser history for that day on the computer. And they had no idea about this, but fucking Jose Baez did. Now, in his book, he said he was expecting the prosecution to come at him with this and fucking throw it at him, and he thought it was going to be the thing that would convince Casey. Mm-hmm. Right? He'd prepared a really weak defense, saying that George Anthony searched it as he was suicidal. But he never came up, as the prosecution never knew about it. Fuck. Now, the prosecution are blaming the people. Oh, yeah, well, the sheriff's department, they didn't give it to us. And the sheriff's department said, you didn't ask us to search for suffocation. You asked us to search for chloroform. And you only asked us to search Internet Explorer. Some people have said that they said to him, there's another internet browser here. Do you want it? Do Have you found chloroform? Yeah, forget about it. Uh, fuck. How fucking incompetent. They thought it was a slam dunk. <sighs> Pride comes before a fall, Les. Yes. So then, George and Cindy have now got different relationships with their daughter, as you can imagine. Yeah. George doesn't talk to Casey anymore. He briefly reconnected with her when George was in a near fatal accident in 2018. He's still deeply mourning his granddaughter. He believes the popular belief that Casey drugged Kaylee, an, o- an overdose on Xanax, was Zanny the nanny. Lots of parents have apparently gone into trouble for dosing their kids with Xanax and other substances to knock out the kids. It's apparently a popular thing to do. Jerry McCann. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. They're so fucking guilty.
1: They are, aren't they?
0: I don't care. He noted that his granddaughter was unusually lethargic at times. She always had dark bouts under her eyes and sometimes would sleep for 12 hours. He also says Bayard's told him he had to fall on the sword for Casey. In other words, You've got to be the fucking scapegoat to save your daughter's life. Cindy, I'm ready for your victory, Elliot. Cindy said she asked God to deliver the correct verdict and she would accept whatever God decided. So she still talks to her daughter, but not regularly. She still lives in the same home. Says it's a connection to Kayleigh. And she's still married to George. George, get out of that fucking marriage right
1: now. Follow your dreams. Follow your dreams. Go to Disneyland and follow your dreams. She
0: doesn't believe that her daughter killed the granddaughter. She's unsure of what happened. But believes Casey may have blacked out. Found Kaylee dead. Panicked and hid her in the swamp. She then staged the kidnapping. Says Casey has seizures with blackouts possible undiagnosed mental illness and at one point while Casey was on bail was advised not to seek medical help for one of her seizures by bias
1: yeah I think I think think Casey's got what they term what is it MPD Narcissistic Personality Disorder it's the thing yeah Yeah. like for fuck's sake
0: she's not having a seizure she's fucking laughing yeah so her brother Lee who you kind of got to feel sorry for him in this all as well he's had to put up with Casey's shit all the time and he's like, what the fuck is going on? Just tell me, I'll sort it out. Gets told that he's been fucking his sister and could be. Oh yeah, remember when I said George and Lee were DNA tested?
1: Mm-hmm, because the...
0: Yeah, because they were trying to say they were the fathers of Kaylee. Oh, fuck yeah. So Lee, he refuses to talk to his sister. You would though, wouldn't you? Yeah. He's got children, he's got a wife, his kids are close to George and Cindy, and they know about their big cousin, who's dead. And they play in her old playhouse that is still at the house.
1: That's a bit weird. I mean, it's not, I don't know. There's something iffy about that. It is, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, there was a Anthony family hired a PI, right, called Dominique Casey. So, he believed Casey killed her daughter and claims Byers told him she did. He said, yeah, she's fucking killed her." Also said that Casey was paying Byers in sex and he saw her running naked from Baez's office when he turned up unannounced one time. And in a meeting when Casey backed out of a press conference, Byers turned around to her laughing and said, that's three blowjobs you owe me.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Now, Casey lives with Pat McKenna, P.I. Now, he was the lead investigator on her case and also on the O.J. Simpson case. And she helps him look for people. She's also releasing a documentary about what she thinks happened to Kaylee. And my God, I cannot believe the audacity of this bitch. She says she can empathise with O.J. Simpson and can see a lot of parallels between them as we were both two high-profile cases with a lot of distorted facts. She also says she sleeps pretty good at night and doesn't give a shit about what people think about her. Holy fuck. What happened to the bounty hunter? Oh, he his show didn't get done and he I think he tried to sue Casey. I know the um, AccuSearch people sued Casey Anthony. Basically, Casey Anthony's been sued a fucking bunch, but she's got no money. So... When's this documentary coming out? I do not know.
1: If ever, like, who is...
0: It's coming out, but... Is Netflix all over that? No, I don't think... I think it's going to be an independent release, because I don't think anyone's going to fucking touch that.
1: Yeah, that's...
0: I'm going to watch it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I want to see what fucking... What this fucking idiot is going to say. Because, weirdly... Now, you know, she says she helps find people... And I've had Casey Anthony stands on my case and stuff. Mm I had a, um, while researching, I had a security alert from Instagram saying that my um, Instagram account had been logged in in Orlando, Florida. Oh. And I just messaged Hannah and I was like, this is weird. She's like, holy shit, dude, Casey Anthony's after you. (laughs) That's just weird coincidence. Um, But if not, I don't care, Casey. What are you going to do? Suffocate me? Give me Xanax. Dirty dance with me. Fuck off. Um, but yeah, that was the Casey Anthony case. Um, this is
1: this is going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to this one coming out just to see if there's any fallout.
0: Like... What from Casey Anthony? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Imagine a fucking flying over. I mean, she's not guilty. She's not guilty. She's not guilty. And everything we've said regards to that is speculation. To be fair, however, the, the prosecution—the prosecution was at fault. Um, Jose Baez did his job. Yeah. In the end of the day, there's a dead little girl. Yeah. Whose grandparents are grieving? One of them is. The other one probably likes the attention. Cindy, not George.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of the um, literally... similarities between uh, Cindy and Casey, isn't there? Yeah, like...
0: imagine George living in that house with him, though. Casey kicking off, Cindy kicking off, and he's just like, I just want to be Donald Duck. <laughs> I just want to go work at Disney. Yeah, I definitely
1: feel sorry for him, and it's just... Um... I mean, uh, the the prosecution, I mean, like, it it does seem open and and shut at first, but then... you If it's open and shut... Like, I'm, I've, like, the way, like, that's being described, like, right now, I'm kind
0: of like, nah, nah, I I I don't know. I believe she's guilty. I believe she did it. I think that she was looking at, like, Facebook, saw everything, and was like...
1: That's, why isn't that my life?
0: Yeah, and then she turns around, and sees Kate, so she gives her some Xanax, puts the duct tape over her mouth, suffocates her, because she's seen how to do it foolproof, suffocates her, wraps her up in bin bags, dumps it, goes off. Yeah. That's what I think happened. However, 12 people on a jury found her not guilty, because the prosecution couldn't paint that picture they could have done if they would have got the firefox search but this is 2008 right 2008 to 2011 these prosecutors they're not gonna fucking know about firefox Um, and shit like that no this is why it's fucking frustrating that she's not been found guilty for it because she should have been yeah in my opinion but
1: and there, def- there definitely like should have been some psychological evaluation because there's clear, like that's MPD.
0: Yeah, exactly. But what are they going to do? No, she she was found not guilty. She's got to walk. Yeah, she says she's having a nice life. She's um, there's pictures of her looking at pictures of Kaylee. Someone said, "What do you think Kaylee would be like now?" She said, "She'd be a total fucking badass. She'd be like talking to boys and listening to classic rock." Mm. Not, just say, she was such a smart girl, she could have been anything she wanted. A doctor, a t- professor, a scientist, president. No, Casey, you have to say, she's a fucking, would have been a badass talking to boys and listening to classic rock.
1: Well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's all fake. I mean, like, th- what I'm getting from this, like, with, with Casey Anthony, is it's all fucking persona. Mm isn't it which you find like with narcissistic yeah. personality disorder it's all... it's all they're so locked into that persona and it's almost like they're not a real real person yeah you know and it, it shows like i mean this is maybe another discussion um i mean b- but i'll go into it uh, and it's the whole issue with social media and that's all persona because people are putting the best parts of themselves onto onto social media. Well, this
0: was like basically the f- first trial by social media. Yeah, like people, whether you liked her or you hated her, Facebook was saying she, her name was being searched forty times a second. Forty times a second, and that's only because they can only record up to f- things up to forty times a second. So it could have been a lot more. Yeah, but this is the thing, like this was an entire media storm of painting her as this political which she wanted to be but she wasn't yeah when kaylee was dead she became that yeah and this is the thing they painted her as that but then she was well, it's this is just the media saying well you know this is what she's like and- but
1: that's the danger of it isn't it like the, the danger of social media because that's taken things to like the next extreme she's got so locked into looking on social media and seeing what all the mates are fucking, what all the mates and all that yeah. are doing, and has kind of looked at Kay at Kaylee as like a scapegoat and said and convinced herself in her mind, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. Essentially, allegedly, this is what I'm looking allegedly. at, like allegedly, like th- th- this is the way I interpret it. She's like kind of looked at Kaylee and it's like I can't have that because I'm yeah. locked in w- with you. And she's just, it's like a simple steps of like, if I remove this, I can have that. Yeah. But again, that's all, it's all superficial shit because you can't, you can't stay on the party wagon all the time. Like, especially if you've not got like fucking capital behind you or anything. Like if you're a fucking rock star or whatever, like, yeah.
0: I mean, she, I'm pretty sure she could have just said, mom, dad, can you have Kaylee for a while? Well, yeah. I need, I'm. Need to just go. If she could have just left Kaylee there and gone, and her mum and dad would have looked after Kaylee, it, there was an easy fix. Yeah, there. But,
1: there was an easy fix. Like it, it's just, it's just appalling because I see this as somebody getting locked into like something exceedingly superficial and taking it to like the, the most horrific extreme. I mean, she might not have done. She might not have done. Possibly. Though the jury said she didn't, so okay, she didn't. Allegedly. Allegedly. So uh, that's that. Hypoth-
0: we're, yeah. we're just hypothesizing, hypothesizing. Yeah. here. If she did do it, this is why you think she may have done it.
1: Yeah, but you're yeah. not saying she did do it. I mean, like, I'm not defending her, but like, as parents, we know the pressures of like oh, par- yeah. parenting, and sometimes yeah. you do just want you you do just want to go out and fucking party, but like, you got responsibilities and shit, so you don't.
0: Yeah, exactly. So well, yeah, you,
1: that's just just hypothesising. Just you know, hypothesising.
0: The, the father of Kaylee died twice in a car because he was two different people. <laughs> Fuck's sake! Anyway, guys, thank you for joining us. There. Uh, um, what do you think? I I know what you think. I'm not really gonna ask.
1: Kate, well, Casey Anthony stands as like full on generous. Oh, to Casey, comment, Anth- Casey up.
0: Anthony Stan can come at me. I don't care. Carla Holmoka stands like us. Even though we made fun of Carla Holmoka, they think we were fun. So there's a lot of weird stands out there. Not just Richard Ramirez ones. As uh, I'll, I'll show you some in a bit. But yes, guys, thank you for joining us. Um, this is the first of the two part special of the Battle of the Psycho Bitches. And next up, we have Jody Arias for you. That one's going to be fun. Les, I've got some great photos to show you. Oh, great. Yay. Yay. You. So then, guys, thank you to everyone. If you do want to like, if you do like us, please leave a like, subscribe, hit comment. that notification, comment, do all that, because YouTube are fucking us on the algorithm at the moment. So anything that you do like us, does help us share with your friends. If you do want to support us and help us get stuff out quicker and also do other things, you can do by going to www.patreon.com forward slash dark. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can also email us at gmail.com to just say hello and how's it going and shit like that. Also visit the merch stand. We've got a new t-shirt out that says introverted but willing to talk about serial killers. Describes us all. But yes, thank you for everybody who's joined us. The names of our Patreons should be on the screen right now, or before that, because I always mess this up in the editing. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you in part two. I've been Jan. He's been Les. Zenaida Gonzalez. We salute you. Good night.